it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan. But we have our ears to the ground around the country and around the world. New poll results. We've got 2024 very much on our mind. I've never seen a border like we've had right now just break down. We'll follow it all. Also, the incredible interview that Brett Baer did over the course of four days. But last night, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. I know Saudi Arabia is a problematic country. has been since our uh, alliance uh, cropped up when they cropped up as a country in the last century. But this guy's moving it forward. It's an economic engine. There's a lot of great stuff there. And he is extremely bright. Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. (laughs) Number three. Eagle Pass is a city of 30,000 people. We cannot sustain this flow. We need help. We need it now. We need people from the top. I'm talking from our president, our vice president. Uh, Worst ever. Worst border breach since Fox has been covering the Biden-sponsored onslaught. His latest panic move will make it even worse on New York. Uh, and New York says, thank you, believe it or not. My answer, can anybody see, be so, uh, look down the line and not, can anyone not be so short-sighted? Number two. Biden puts China first, Mexico first, Ukraine first, Canada first, Europe first, Asia first. He puts America last. He puts our military last. He puts veterans last. He puts everything that's good and proper to be last. Yeah, we lead with climate change on everything. And we lead with great electric cars on everything. But now it's overlapping into the places uh, that he normally backs, like unions and, and cars. And a lot of people want security in their cities, believe it or not. He's weak on crime, and he's weak on that. 2024, the new numbers are in. Trump is still strong. Governor Haley is on the rise in Iowa and New Hampshire, and especially South Carolina. We look at the leaders and what polls show you want most in a candidate. Number one. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? I don't recollect the answer to that question. It's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son. Right. And what about the president himself? Why did the FBI go out to get their archives back at Mar-a-Lago and they didn't even tell the Miami Bureau about it? But that was uh, Mr. Johnson, Congressman Johnson, yesterday with Merrick Garland. Why was he talking about that? Because Merrick Garland was front and center, grilled, but survives, in my view. Plausible deniability was his goal, a la Jim Biden, or I know nothing, a la Sergeant Schultz of Hogan's Heroes. What we learned and where the Hunter investigation goes from here. Tell you exactly where the Hunter investigation goes. Jamie Comer is going to be calling in, eventually Hunter Biden, a lot of his business partners, and Eric Sherwin should be next. That is my hope. They're moving forward, and uh, they're going to to have additional power now that they have an impeachment investigation. But what was gained from yesterday? Gawain got grilled. All he wanted to say was, I promised the Senate that I would stay out of any investigation involving a Trump-appointed district attorney. But... We were point, We have a district attorney appointed in certain states from presidents and from administrations. They, a lot of times they ask the state, who do you want? 
And that seems to be what happened with David Weiss, who was so over his head, it's scary. Everything that was asked, oh, that's David Weiss's issue. Oh, it's an ongoing investigation. It was frustrating to watch. Here is uh, more from Garland, uh, cut number two. And all of the explanations uh, will come out with respect to Mr. Weiss, for example. Uh, at the end of his period as special counsel, one of the requirements is that he file a, public, a report, which I have uh, promised to make public to the extent uh, that's lawful and consistent with department policy. It will explain his decisions to prosecute and not uh, to prosecute. So you know what Jonathan Turley heard that, and I was watching the coverage in the instant analysis of the breaks, and he said, you know what that means? We're not going to get it before the election. How do you feel about that? So David White's going to write a report. He's got special prosecutor status. Ongoing investigation. Can't comment. We'll get leaks. Oh, no. Excuse me. We won't get leaks because Donald Trump's not involved. We got tons of Jack Smith leaks. We got no Robert Hur leaks. Investigation of Biden. And David Weiss, we didn't know anything for five years. It took Jamie Comer to move forward and whistleblowers to come forward for us to really make progress and blow up would have been the sweetheart deal of the century that the judge of, uh, said in July. I've never seen anything like this. So now, yesterday, denied by Hunter Biden, side note, he said, I'd rather not come in and, for my hearing. I'd rather just do it on Zoom. They said, no, 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 you're going to come in. More of the hearing yesterday, cut three. My point's real simple, Mr. Garland. You said he had complete authority, but he'd already been turned down. He wanted to bring an action in the District of Columbia, and the U.S. attorney there said, no, you can't. And then you go tell the United States Senate under oath that he has complete authority. I'm going to say again that uh, no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse uh, to partner with him. Yes, they refused to partner with him, Merrick Garland. Is there a difference? We're not all uh, honors graduates from law school. I got it. Well, we don't all have not sit behind the, 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 a bench for years. But we got that. If you refuse to cooperate that and not partner with me, it's the same thing. Oh, you can't say no, but you just stop partnering with them. Then you get my voicemail and said, I hang up on you. What's the difference? That was revel- revelatory, I thought. And it was frustrating. It was frustrating to watch, but it was just pointed out, too. The attorney general gets rattled. And he wants to be cool, but he was angry and standoffish. And how dare you bring up the monitoring of Catholics in Virginia? Because my grandparents escaped the Holocaust. Or my parents, I don't know, I guess grandparents escaped the Holocaust. One has nothing to do with the other. The one happened. We already know what happened. Sorry about your grandparents. But it has nothing to do with this conversation. It's like, it's, it's like Joe Biden. Every time someone loses somebody in battle. Well, I lost my family in the 70s. I, that's terrible but has nothing to do with the conversation that you should be having. So I'll give you some more, and then I'll give you my analysis of it. But a lot of you were listening to my show yesterday and were not listening to this. So here's more from Garland, uh, ducking and diving. This is Cut 5. What I'm wondering is why you guys let the statute of limitations lapse for those tax years that dealt with Burisma income. There's one more fact that's important, and that is that this investigation was being conducted by Mr. Weiss, an appointee of President Trump. You will, at the appropriate time, have the opportunity to ask Mr. Weiss that question, and he will no doubt address it in the public report that will be transmitted to the Congress. Whenever he gets done and gets around to it. So you want to know what really happened? This is what we need. We need Merrick Garland, David Weiss, and the whistleblowers. 
Same room. Can you lean over, uh, Mr. Attorney General, and call Gary Shapley a liar? Because you've been basically doing it without him around. Just call him a liar. Under oath, by the way. And could you also mention John Ziegler? He's also a whistleblower, and you can call him a liar. Cut six. Here's the why. Here's these whistleblowers back in earlier this year, early in the summer, when they came forward and, and talked about what it was like behind the scenes with David Weiss. Cut six. And they're going to have to admit that they went to a Central District of California to request a, a approval there. So as U.S. Attorney Weiss's stories have changed in his uh, ongoing letters, um, you know, he's going to say, well, I asked him to partner. But when the, the key uh, uh, point from DOJ is, is how you can trust the American people to trust this investigation is that it's being run by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. And you, you, you go to a President Biden-appointed U.S. attorney once, not once, but twice. I mean, it's just on its face. It's just a clear misrepresentation of, of the level of authority that he has. He didn't have the authority. The Merrick Garland said he did. And if he did have the authority, why would Merrick Garland need to give him additional authority two days after the Hunter Biden deal blew up? And why did you choose the same guy that for five years couldn't conclude that Hunter Biden was on crack when he lied on a form and bought a gun only to end up in a dumpster? Why does that take five years? Meanwhile, they charged Donald Trump 85 counts in three months. Five years to look at Hunter Biden. You know exactly where he is. You know exactly where the laptop was. You didn't even look into his foreign investments. It's Comer that's making you look into the foreign investments. You didn't look into the suspicious activity reports. It's Comer that's looking at the suspicious activity reports. More from Garland. Cut seven. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? I don't don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't department? recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son. I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Well, maybe the David Weiss's background needs to be examined because no one could be this awful. And if he is compromised, he should stand up for his own reputation or save it by having a real investigation as a special prosecutor, which he now has the power to make them partner with him in Los Angeles and D.C., where most of these criminal, where much of this alleged criminal activity took place. How about that? Here's more of an exchange with Congressman Cliff Benz. Cut eight. Uh, this is the same Weiss who headed an investigation that was trashed by whistleblowers who alleged that his investigation had been fixed from the outset. It's the same Weiss who ran an investigation in which agents were allegedly prevented from asking about Joe Biden, obstructed in their efforts to pursue questions, compromised by tip-offs to the Biden team on planned searches. There's a list of what I would suggest under many people's uh, definition would be incompetence. Are you saying that that's inadequate for you to have questioned what he was doing? I'm saying that all of these are allegations. I don't know what the facts of them are. I have, as I've explained, stayed out of this investigation. Well, if you don't mind reading some of the whistleblower testimony so you're prepared. And then you could say, look, there's an ongoing investigation, but this this whistleblower testimony was public, so I'll respond to it. If this is, in fact, proven to be true, this is problematic. I feel like, okay, maybe he really is upset. Maybe he thought David Weiss was better. Maybe he did have freedom and he was learning for the first time. I heard him say, I I protect whistleblowers. We need whistleblowers. 
But I don't see anything from that. Evidently, if you really cared about whistleblowers, reportedly at the IRS, the two whistleblowers are having an awful time. They've basically been frozen out of everything. And they were told, stay away from the father. And best example, the phone call. The phone call that Hunter Biden said to the energy official in China. You deal with us for now on. We be, you better hold to your word. We hold to our word. And my dad's sitting right here, and we remember everything as if telling this Chinese official, this energy company executive, linked directly to communist China, that you're going to get yours unless you deal with it. And my dad's sitting right there. Uh, investigators have said we could have figured out right away if the vice president turned president was actually there, but they were told don't pursue it. Please, at, even if you're listening to me and you think Joe Biden walks on water and Donald Trump will should burn in hell, Please understand you deserve better than this, a legitimate investigation to see if people are trading on your name. Troy Nails, former sheriff, he brings up the fact that Hunter Biden was over in Burisma, and we can't see if he paid any taxes on any of the millions he made over there, cut nine. If you don't fire Shokin, the United States isn't given the $1 billion loan. Why would Joe Biden say that as the vice president? Why would he say such a thing? Was it policy? Was it our policy at the time? Yes or no? It wasn't. I have documents here. Interagency policy committee dated a of information. Is the gentleman ever going to let the I'm on my time pipe down. If that is not quid pro quo, sir, what is? It's bribery and it's impeachable. Are you going to do something about it? I bet you not. And that's why you, sir, also need to be impeached. He's he's ticked off. Plus, we, you know, you get that, too, when guys live their life in law, in law enforcement, then go to Congress. They're frustrated when they obviously know people aren't so, so much lying. They're maneuvering around your question. But the story really is the question. And that's what I hope that people who are moderate to independents or undecided look at that and say, this is ridiculous. I don't think the goal is to impeach anybody. I think the goal is to find out who these people are. And they were not able to find out the character the makeup and the antics that Joe Biden was up to as vice president and maybe even senator as we find more and more classified documents. But I think the a voter, at the very least, needs to know. So if you're going to be so hypercritical on Donald Trump has been in the public eye since the 1980s, I think it's OK to be a little critical of a president, now sitting president, who flat out lied and told you different things about their past. And if you brought up things that we now know are facts, your social media account was curbed, shadow banned, or just flat out banned. I think it's important. one 408 I'll take your calls next. So we got to talk about the border. So we got to talk about brand new polls in those early states. So glad you're here. Brian Kilmeade. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The fundamental question is, if he already had the authority, why does he need the authority? I mean, that, that, that to me makes no sense, but that's exactly what he tried to say. Oh, no, he had it all along, but I still had to make him a special counsel. So I don't get it. The three letters they sent to us this summer, two to our committee, one to Senator Graham, tell three different stories. And the, the point I always make is the story who's been consistent has been the two whistleblowers. Their testimony has not wavered, and they, they were subjected to about three hours of cross-examination from Democrats in the Oversight Committee back in July. That is Jim Jordan speaking off the cuff, as he always does as chairman. He went in there with Merrick Garland, tried to be respectful, but it's so frustrating when they don't answer honestly and clearly. And, they, and you know what it is? It's really a front to us. You don't really have to tell the American people. They don't really pay attention. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock. We don't, they don't care. No one's watching. I'll just, I just don't want to make headlines like Merrick Garland admits David Weiss is the wrong guy and we never really investigated Hunter. David, they, they don't want Merrick Garland headlines saying admits it never should take five years to investigate a tax and weapons charge. I just, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't really know what goes on. Say, you know, the, the same thing we, we got with the FBI director too. You know, I don't really know. I don't really. I'm going to look into that. We're going to follow up on that. I don't know why you take the job if you don't want to do the job, or if you have an agenda to do the job. Just say, listen. I know you think I'm. I'm just here for the Department of Justice, but I'm a Democrat and I'm angry that uh, President Obama nominated me for the uh, Supreme Court and I never got a hearing. I would take that over what I heard yesterday, but I just hope they move forward with the investigation. He's never going to be impeached. I don't think he should. Just like President Trump should never have been indicted and should certainly not go to jail. If you want to point out things on January 6th, they don't vote for this guy. You know, he took the top secret documents to Mar-a-Lago. We had to go get him. Okay. Don't vote for that guy. Do you realize how he pressured Georgia officials? All right. He's a bad loser. I don't want, I don't want to be president. Okay. Got it. But now you're like, well, now he's going to go to trial. Now he's going to sit in court. Now we're going to have, to have uh, 19, literally 19 people at once. And then the Mar-a-Lago case, we're going to leak out everything and diminish the president's candidacy. Marty, listen on WDBO. Hey, Marty. Hey, Brian. I was calling about the U.N. speech yesterday that Biden gave where all, Joe, President Biden and all these world leaders fly to New York City yep. in their wide-body jets, hop in expansive motorcades, yes. block traffic to go to the U.N. to tell us that climate change is an existential threat. If they truly believe that, why couldn't they do it via Zoom and tell us we're practicing what we preach? Because I don't believe them because they don't live the way they want us to live. Marty, it's like a religion. It is really like a religion. I mean, the way they just talk and they and I thought and, and Peter brought this up to me today. Peter, uh, uh, President Zelensky bringing up climate change. What is he doing? Uh, you know, you're literally fighting for your survival. Your family had to flee the country. One million Ukrainians had to leave. Five hundred, maybe two hundred fifty thousand are dead. Uh, we all forgive you if you don't think the oceans are receding.
Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Eagle Pass is a city of 30,000 people. We cannot sustain uh, this flow. We need help. We need it now. We need people from the top. I'm talking from our president, our vice president. We need somebody to issue out a statement, let these people know that we're a nation of laws. People can't just come in like this. Right now, you see all, thousands of people coming in without consequence. And, and the word's getting out. They cross here, the word gets out back in their countries, and they, they keep coming. Why? Because there's no consequence to, to coming in here illegally. Yeah, the Democratic mayor of Eagle Pass, Rolando Salinas, he's declared a state of emergency. They have between three and 4,000 people coming in one day. I've never in my life seen it. And then when Bill Malusian says it, who's been on the border for two year, two and a half years now, minimum, and he was doing it when he was with a local affiliate out in Los Angeles, seeing it from that level. But what about Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who spends his time in Texas, goes to the border all the time, and joins us once again? Uh, Colonel, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Brian. Thank you. What's your take? It's unconscionable. Uh, because, as you and I have discussed, there is no one that is protecting our border, protecting the sovereignty of the state of Texas and the United States of America, and we are encouraging this bad behavior. Uh, basically, as the governor, of, I mean, the mayor of Eagle Pass said, the, the message is out. You know, get across the border into the United States of America, and you will be transported, as we just recently saw a video of Border Patrol releasing people out off of, off of buses and saying, you're free to go wherever you want. Uh, one gentleman asked, can I go to Chicago? He said, sure. Uh, we know that you can get uh, plane rides for free. I've seen this in uh, just recently in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport last week. Uh, and now we hear that uh, they're going to get the opportunity to have work visas. So you can come into this country illegally. Uh, you can be given taxpayer-funded benefits. You can get transportation all over this country. You can get the opportunity to work. And if you can get to the state of Illinois, the governor of Illinois is even saying that he may hire you as a law enforcement officer. So this is a complete breakdown and failure of protecting the sovereignty of this great nation. But I'm, I've never seen it worse, and I, and I don't know what it's going to be like in a year. I mean, can you imagine, in the background, Democrats know there's an election. Can you imagine if President Biden wins? Can you imagine what he's going to be like if he gets four more years of this chaos? Well, yeah, or, or if it's not President Biden, I mean, if he is, you know, not fully uh, able to continue on with four terms, then you get Kamala Harris. And we have seen how great a job she's done as the quote-unquote border czar. So we're talking about, the, as Barack Obama said back in 2008, the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Show me any nation in the world that says, we don't have borders. You can just cross over. We're just a piece of territory in between, you know, one country and another. And you get to come here and stay, and we give you whatever benefits and, and opportunities that you want. This, this is a breakdown of the rule of law. And I'm telling you, you're going to push law-abiding, legal, every, you know, everyday citizens to include those 
who have immigrated to the United States of America and done it the right way, they are legal immigrants and not illegal, uh, they're going to be upset as well. And I think that's what you're seeing along the border. So what the Democrats are looking at is potentially the entire border region of Texas going red in the next election cycle. So I want you to hear what the mayor said. So people out there might be going, well, what's the big deal? They come over, they have very little, they just want to be, follow the American dream. Listen to what this Democratic mayor uh, said. Cut 30. They don't stay here. You know, a lot of these people, they're single males. They're not all friendly people. uh, There's been people that have criminal records. They're walking our streets. I get calls from constituents every day telling me, you know what, Mayor? We're scared to even go outside. We can't walk anymore because we have random people walking the streets. So he's declared a state of emergency, and it even got worse than that. Cut 31. Yesterday we had a murder in, in our community, and uh, that was somebody that had crossed through here through Eagle Pass. So the situation is serious. I want people to know that. I want that message to, to get all the way to Washington, right? I'm a small-town mayor. We should be worried about economic development, about good things going on into our community. I shouldn't have to be placed in this situation where we're talking about immigration uh, situations and this is just unacceptable what's happening here. So what do you say to those people? There's nothing you can say. The only thing you can say is that everyone has let you down, being that the governor of Texas, being that the president of the United States of America, he is facing an invasion. And the Constitution is very clear about, you know, facing an invasion. And, and you know, I live here in the suburb of Dallas, Garland, Texas, and you can read the newspaper report. A nine-time deported illegal immigrant just shot two Dallas police officers recently. Now, how do you have a person that's been deported nine times, and how does a person that is here illegally get a firearm. You know, it's those type of issues that they're having to deal with. And that mayor is exactly correct. And it is exactly the same thing that I heard from the sheriff deputies down in Kenny County, Texas. And you got to get Sheriff Brad Coe on because Kenny County sits in between Del Rio and Eagle Pass. But, you know, here you have a sheriff's department that only has eight or nine sheriff deputies. They're not prepared to deal with this, just the same as the Eagle Pass police and the the mayor. They're not prepared to deal with this, an invasion of this magnitude, tens of thousands of people every single day, hundreds of thousands, you know, within uh, three months, millions within a year that are coming illegally and coming through and transiting through their areas. But everyone should pay attention to what the mayor said, single military-age males. That is predominantly what we're seeing. Don't believe all the pictures where you see the the, 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 the families or the, the moms with the babies that they're carrying. We're looking at a lot of single military-age males coming to the United States of America. How about 18,000 18, Chinese this year? You know what it normally is? Yes. Like 100, 200, 18,000 with pocket protectors uh, coming over with their family. Hey, you know what? I just might as well go to SpaceX. I'm not going to be sleeping on any cardboard. Senator Marshall... Kansas said, is anyone looking at this? I mean, we know about how many people, how many terrorists were on the terror watch list we've got. Some like 184 this year. And now we have this. Remember, we took 19 hijackers, the damage they did. And now we just have Mm -hmm. totally let down our guard. 
And those 19 hijackers from Saudi Arabia had overstayed their uh, their student yeah. visas. So once again, there was a breakdown in the immigration uh, system and tracking of these folks. And now we've got, you know, countless amounts, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million, million and a half, that we have no idea who they are and how they've gotten here. And right now, Bill Malusian doing a great job down there, Eagle Pass, Del Rio. But you should go out to West Texas in the Big Bend Mountain area, Brewster County. No one is paying attention to what's going on out there. That's where we have the real problem because the individuals that are coming across the border there are the ones that don't want to be detected. And those are the ones that we should really be concerned about. Uh, yeah, Congressman, it's unbelievable. So Ken Paxton is is not going to be impeached. He had his trial, mm-hmm. and he's uh, free to do his job. From what you know about the case and people in Texas, this was brought by Republicans predominantly. Uh, Dan yeah. Patrick ultimately uh, helped ferry him through, shepherd him through. Did they make the right decision? Uh, they made the right decision, and if you followed that case, which is about eight, maybe eight and a half days, you saw the complete breakdown of that case. The, uh, the quote, star witnesses of the prosecution, uh, many times they seemed to be perjuring themselves, and definitely they were uh, countermanding the things that they had said, and the, the irony was incredible. And when the prosecution arrested their case, everyone here in Texas looked around saying, well, what just happened? And so this was a process that was done behind closed doors. It was a secret investigative committee that was brought about by the Speaker of the House, and, uh, you know, members of the the GOP majority, and they rushed through it. Uh, And they did not do any due diligence in the House, and you ended up having more Democrats in the Texas Republican-controlled state House that voted for the impeachment of uh, Attorney General Paxton. And then when it got over to the Senate, everything just crumbled and fell apart when there was actually scrutiny. There was actually a trial. There was actually cross-examination of these individuals that said, you know, here are the things that we saw, and then they said, well, we really didn't see anything, and we really didn't have any evidence, and there was no such thing as a quid pro quo of home renovations being done in Ken Paxton's house. So he survived this, and I, I got to tell you, we've got some issues here in the state of Texas uh, down in Austin, which is now the 15th highest city in the United States of America for homicide. Get on it. Uh, that's all I could say. Uh, get on it. Um Guys are doing the best you can. It would be great. I, I like your idea. You know, hey, Governor, put up the wall. Worry about it later. Let them yep. sue you. Let the American public yep. see who's taking down a wall while thousands come in. Just grab it before they melt it down and start putting it up. That's how desperate the situation is. When Bill Malusian says, I have never seen anything like it, you know it's for real. So, yes. uh, you know, uh, there's a great quote that says, fortune favors the bold. And if we sit back and allow Joe Biden and this open borders policy to take over, uh, we're seeing the, the undermining of our constitutional republic. And again, this is unconstitutional. This is an impeachable offense. To me, it's treason. Go get him. Uh, Colonel Allen West, thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. God bless. You got it. All right. So I wanted to hear what you have to say. I gave you a lot. I did not go over the polls yet from yesterday. There is one candidate in particular that's on the rise. Trump is dominant again. one 866 Brian Kilmeade Show. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade.
breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Do you see in New York where kids who don't speak, it's not their fault. Kids who don't speak a word of English are being put into classrooms. They don't do anything about it. There's nothing they can do about it. The mayor of New York said the migrant crisis will destroy New York City. And he was excoriated for saying that. But even worse, Biden's deadly border betrayals are destroying innocent lives. You know, Trump likes to speak in extremes. Does anybody think he's speaking in extremes there? You know what the Democrats, the Democrats are saying two things. They should be saying this is an absolute disaster, and here's my plan. I want to see if I can get any Republican support for it. Uh, here's my immediate plan, and here's my long-term plan. That's what I'd be doing. If, and if you didn't want me to be reelected, and if you don't want to hear from me, just, just tell, me, uh, don't tell, tell me not to run or don't pay attention. But I'd be finding a camera and saying, here's my plan, here's how to fix it. There was a guy who just murdered someone in Texas that had a reappearance ticket of 20, uh, to 2025. He killed someone. And then a three-year-old died trying to cross the Rio Grande yesterday, according to Bill Malusian. So people are dying. And if you see New York City, you had a, a person stabbed yesterday in the steps of Penn Station, an illegal immigrant on the steps of Penn Station. I go there every day, uh, most days, or, or Grand Central. So I'm going there every day. That's not even necessarily a bad place. But guess what's right across the street? One of the hotels ha- hiring, uh, holding the illegal immigrants. So this is bad. And uh, and this is what Trump runs on. With it, you know, the game is coming to him. The game is the economy, the number one issue. Twenty-seven percent of people surveyed in the new Fox poll. Twenty-seven percent say the economy's number one issue. Number two is the illegal immigration issue, uh, which is which says a lot. Uh, Don, listen on WHLO in Ohio. Hey, Don. I got two things. HIO, sorry. Kind of proves proves he's a liar on climate change. Eighty percent of Congress, after thirty-five years of solar panels and stuff, they don't have one on their houses, and Biden don't have it on his houses. And yet he's out there telling the the rest of the people, "Oh yes, it's so bad, and they're going to lose the weather and all this." And line in on on the budget, you stop and think. Biden, Hunter Biden, came out and said, "My dad cannot live on his budget of five hundred thousand dollars. I have to pay his bills." I know. So how do you expect him to, to run the nation's budget if he can't? His own checkbook. So, Don, how insulting is this to hear Democrats say is nothing? Hunter's got problems, and that's totally different from Joe. Meanwhile, the laptop they told us that was illegitimate, we know it's real. And now the laptop's there, the communication's clear, and they don't even acknowledge it. The big guy and plausible deniability from Jim and what you just said uh, about uh, Hunter talking to his daughter, lamenting the fact that he's got to support his family, including his uh, Bo, who evidently was a great guy who passed away from brain cancer, he complained about it. So at the very least, that's something. I mean, we're finding out about one meeting that Don Jr. had with a Russian official, which he blew off that Jared Kushner was called into, that walked out of. That was unbelievable. That was circumstantial. But, man, that's proof they're colluding with Russia. You have them saying it. You have people saying, I'm told, don't ever bring up his name. Uh, because we need plausible deniability from his brother, from Tony Bobolinsky, who says, Jake Tapper, call me. I'm willing to do an interview. Can't have it both ways. I didn't think. So let's just look at the, some of those polls I was telling you about. Thanks for the call, Don. Uh, they look pretty good uh, for the president. And 
And nothing's really changed that much except Nikki Haley's on the march. So Fox uh, came out with a poll leading up to the debate. Now, so far, we got everybody back except for Asa Hutchinson and Governor Bergram. Bergram is evidently close. Uh, Donald Trump's got 46%. Now he had 48% in July. This is in uh, South Carolina. Slight tick down. Governor McMaster is endorsing Trump. Nikki Haley had 14% in the state they choose to govern. Now it's at 18%. Ron DeSantis dropped to 10 from 13. Tim Scott was 10, now is 9, which is stunning because he's so popular in South Carolina. I mean, I literally was walking down uh, Main Street with him. Uh, actually, there's a better name than Main Street. I forgot what it was. But it's the, the mayor of Thur- their historic thoroughfare in South Carolina. I was doing a feature on him, and he also helped me out with my uh, President Freedom Fighter book. We did a special. And wherever he goes, he's like a rock star. Uh, and it's hard to believe he's got that percentage, but that's what it has. Vivek has five and had three before Mike Pence and Chris Christie pull up, to, pull up the end. Now, about this question, among voters, Trump's legal issues and general election, among South Carolina primary voters, does it help his chances? 23% said yes, hurt him. 34% says yes. 41% says make no difference. We'll see what happens when the trial starts. And it could be jet fuel for him or it could douse him. Fox Business poll has 2024 Republican primary without Trump in the race. Who do you think would win? Look at this. Nikki Haley beats Ron DeSantis 27-22 uh, overall in the national poll without Trump. But the Fox poll in South Carolina, um, the, uh, the poll over in Iowa is fascinating too because Trump really hasn't budged much in uh, budged much in Iowa. Trump had in July forty six percent, got forty six percent now. DeSantis loses one at fifteen percent. Nikki Haley in Iowa is from five to eleven. She told me, she said, you know, when I go around and do these town halls, big and small, small venues, big venues, nobody ever brings up President Trump. And the one thing people have said, if you want to know about Iowa, think about the evangelical community. They might not love Trump's comments about being pro-life. He is pro-life, he said, but he's willing to do a deal on weeks. Tim Scott is getting aggressive, but he's gone from 11 to 7 in Iowa. And Vivek went up one. He's now at 7. Brian Kilmeade Show. Go to briankilmeade.com. Find out all the places I'll be for the president, excuse me, for Teddy and Booker T, including New Jersey, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, I'll, I'll be all over the place. News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. I come to you from Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world, and I'm not going to insult anybody in the border cities and say this is the uh, the center of the illegal immigrant crisis in America because I, I sometimes say that. Because we had about 85,000 people on the street, but then you see 4,000 people stream into Texas and just re- and just Eagle Pass. And you realize that Arizona on a regular basis, New Mexico and California, if they were allowed to complain, are dealing with it a lot worse. But in terms of inner, si- in, inner cities, there's nothing that compares to the hellacious situation here in New York. And it's all started by the president's border policies. Please tell me anybody that's happy with them. Let's get to the big three. 
Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Eagle Pass is a city of 30,000 people. We cannot sustain this flow. We need help. We need it now. We need people from the top. I'm talking from our president, our vice president. Yeah, that would help, Mayor Salinas. Worst ever. Worst border breach since Fox had been covering the the Biden-sponsored onslaught. His latest panic move will make it even worse. Everyone from Venezuela gets to stay for a year and a half. New York says thank you. My answer to all of you, cannot anybody, can everybody not be so short-sighted? If you let 18 people work here, do you realize we're going to get triple that soon? Number two. Biden puts... China first, Mexico first, Ukraine first, Canada first, Europe first, Asia first. He puts America last. He puts our military last. He puts veterans last. He puts everything that's good and proper to be last. First is green energy. Seriously. 2024, new numbers are in. Trump is still strong. Governor Haley on the rise in Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina. We're going to look at the leaders and what polls show you you care about most. Number one. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? I don't recollect the answer to that question. It's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't part. recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son. Yeah, uh, that is Congressman Johnson, and that is Merrick Garland pretending to answer. He gets grilled, but survives. And in my view, it just—that's uh, all he wanted to do. He has plausible deniability, a la Jim Biden, or I know nothing, a la Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. What we learned and where the Hunter investigation goes from here, uh, essentially. If you had a few hours, it was definitely worth the listen, not for the answers, but for the penetrating questions and the dodge. Mark Thiessen, former chief speechwriter for George W. Bush, Fox News contributor, Washington Post columnist, best-selling author, joins us now. Mark, what was your takeaway from that seven hours with uh, in front of the House Judiciary Committee? Oh, I didn't get – they didn't restore my confidence in impartial justice, that's for sure. I he mean, said, whoa, whoa, he said he is. You're all, yeah. That isn't I good enough? I don't know if you talk to the FBI about Hunter Biden. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. It's ridiculous. There, there but for the grace of uh, Mitch McConnell goes the Supreme Court justice. Truly. Here, I mean – so the, the, that that man that man could have been sitting on the Supreme Court. And, and just, you believe you believe yeah. he's still intelligent, got his faculties, but he has no interest in answering these questions. He says, "I'm done yeah. with David Weiss. When I appointed him, I told the Senate I will not be in touch with him. I have no idea anything else that's going on. I support whistleblowers. Don't know what they said. Don't know if it's true. And Mark, unless you get the whistleblowers with David Weiss with Merrick Garland, uh, this guy survives." Yeah, no, I mean, it's this is why he made him a special counsel finally, so he could say that. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all a dot. Well, we're not where uh, you phased out a little bit. Uh, it's, uh, it's just a disgrace. And if you want to know why Donald Trump is surging in the polls with the Republicans in the Republican primary, here it is. You've got a justice department that has been weaponized against him starting all the way back with uh you know before 2016 before the uh, 2016 election with the russia collusion hoax uh, which was turned out to be nothing more than conspiracy and the Mueller probe down to two impeachments you know 91 indictments i mean brian the the unabomber only had 14 indictments it's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible and and then you've got 
at the same time, the Justice Department bending over backwards to cover up for Hunter Biden. So, you know, people, Americans look at this and just say, I'm not I don't trust our system of justice. I don't trust its impartiality. And oh, by the way, I'm I trust Donald Trump more than I trust these people. So when Donald Trump says stuff that's patently untrue, you know, we, we expect them to suddenly believe that he's telling you the same things that are untrue about the election results and all the rest of it. So, you know, and then the media, which which absolutely beclowned itself during the Russia collusion uh, conspiracy theory uh, pursuit, you know, they've completely lost the trust of the American people. There's a Pew poll that came out that says that trust in institutions across the board, you know, the media, the press, the, 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 uh, everything, except for like, I want you to hear, uh, I know you have, uh, you're down in the system, but Jerry Nadler is not down at all. He loves Merrick Garland. Cut one. There have been accusations that the handling of the Hunter Biden matter is an example of a two-tiered system of justice. What's your response to that allegation? The Justice Department treats everyone alike, regardless of party, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of wealth. Everyone is treated alike. I understand that uh, people may not understand why particular investigations are conducted in particular ways until all the facts come out. That's what we have a court for. Okay, case closed. Do you feel better now, Mark Thiessen? Yeah, much better. Absolutely. That's not what the judge said. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the plea, you know, basically told them the plea deal wasn't going to fly. You know, I mean, it's, it's just the, the it's just so dispiriting that our, you know, everything is falling apart, Brian. Our institutions are falling apart. Uh, our political parties are falling apart. We've got a, we're, we're careening towards an election where 70 percent of the American people don't want either of the leading candidates to be the nominee, and they're going to be forced to choose between people they don't want. Uh, the It's just there's no, nothing works in this country anymore. It's so dispiriting to, to, to be an American at this time uh, and be watching all this unfold. Uh, this is the exchange that, that stood out to me with Mike Johnson, cut seven. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? I don't, I don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Right. Uh, but we also know this. He says Weiss could do whatever he wants. He goes, well, they couldn't do whatever he wants because D.C. and Los Angeles said they wouldn't work with him. He goes, well, they could. They just wouldn't partner with him. Are you kidding me? You, that didn't, no. So then, they, then two days after this thing falls apart, you come and give him special prosecutor status. When the whistleblower said that he, he asked for it earlier, but they were told you're not going to get it. No, it's it's and and he doesn't recall whether he had a conversation or not. I mean, it's just, it's just that, that there you go. It's like that 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 that's the you know that's a smoking gun right there. He's lying. Of course he knows. Why would you not answer that question? I don't know. Uh, I, it's, it's all. I, I hear you. So uh, let's move on and talk about what's happening at the border. Bill Malusian said yesterday, "I have never seen anything like it." Uh, in just Eagle Pass, between three and 4,000 people stormed in. 
All of them, most of them look like young men who have no business here. They don't have refugee status. They just want to come here and, you know, whatever. That's not the way you do it. But this thing has reached all types of heights I've never seen before and never predicted it would. And here we are in an election year. And every time Democrats are asked about it, they say, well, President Biden put immigration reform on the table. They wouldn't entertain it. And the Republicans are making it are, are starting this because they keep saying how bad the border is. So here's the thing in terms of, you know, the Republicans in Congress having any responsibility for this. The same laws are on the books today that were on the books for Donald Trump and Barack Obama. And they managed to secure the border for the most part. You know, so the same tools are there that are available to Joe Biden that were available to Donald Trump. He had no additional, you know, Congress didn't pass any immigration reform when he was president. So how was Trump able to secure the border, but, but Joe Biden can't? It's all, this is a crisis of choice. This is a choice by Joe Biden to, one, throw out the successful immigration policies, border policies uh, that the Trump administration had in place, and two, uh, not enforce the law. I mean, even, and, and keep in mind, by the way, he's not just reversing Donald Trump's border policy. He reversed Barack Obama's border policy. People forget this, but, but the left attacked Barack Obama for being the deporter in chief because he deported so many people uh, from, uh, from this country. Biden has stopped deporting people almost entirely. We're at record low deportations. So the, everything he's doing, he's reversing the policies, not just of Trump, but of Obama. So I want you, here's the mayor, the Democratic mayor at Eagle Pass, cut 33. This is not even a political thing. It's just a common sense thing where you cannot have random people coming into our city. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their plan is. And uh, we need order. We need law and order in our community. There is a lot of people watching, a lot of people that that don't think that this is an issue. Uh, People... That, that are of the opinion I go, they all qualify for asylum, come one, come all. It, it shouldn't be like that. No, uh, there's this is a serious situation. My message is, is that we need to solve this problem. We need to hear from our leaders up top. Yeah, you think this is a Democratic mayor. You can't get a Democratic mayor in New York to get the president's attention. A Democratic mayor in Texas to get the president's attention. You know, Cuellar can't get even a phone call return in Texas, a Democrat, a Democratic governor can't get a meeting with the president, a Democratic mayor with the president a few blocks away can't get him to go tour one facility. Now, Mark, you have a great perspective on history, recent history on back, different presidents and styles. Can you imagine George Bush refusing to take even a call or a meeting with the Republican governor when he's in the middle of a crisis or mayor? Well, Joe Biden, one, Joe Biden doesn't accept that it's a crisis. And two, Joe Biden can't carry on a conversation. <laughs> I mean, truly, the, 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 he, he's not capable of having that discussion with, with Eric Adams. But look, Eric Adams, you know, cry me a river, honestly. You're, you're, you know, the, it, it, the, this is such a crisis for New York. It's so terrible for New York. You know, I'd like to spend, I mean, why don't you switch jobs with the mayor of Eagle Pass for a day and go and try and manage his city? And see what you what 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 a real border crisis is. There's thirty thousand people in Eagle Pass. They've had probably over the past three years, you know, ten times the entire population of their city pass through their city 
in terms of, uh, of illegal migrants just through Eagle Pass. And you're complaining about a few tens of thousands of migrants coming into your city that, by the way, Eagle Pass didn't declare itself a sanctuary city. New York did. You know, so, you know, the idea that suddenly, like, you know, that he, the New York is in a crisis, you know, welcome, you know, good. You should be a border city because uh, anyway, and we should send more migrants to New York because the, the Eagle Pass shouldn't be stuck with all these people. You got great foreign policy knowledge. You know how historic it was for MBS to do his first English interview with Fox, in particular, Brett Baer. Uh, this is one very telling, very direct response to a very important question. Listen to this exchange. Cut 49. When we are concerned of any country getting a nuclear weapon, that's a bad, uh, uh, that's a bad uh, uh, move. And you don't need to get a nuclear weapon because you cannot use it. Even if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, any country uses a nuclear weapon, that means they are having a war with the rest of the world. The world cannot see another Hiroshima. If the world sees 100,000 people dead, that means you are in a war with the rest of the world. So it's a useless uh, uh, effort to reach a nuclear uh, weapon because you cannot use it. If you use it, you got to have a big fight with the rest of the world. If they get one, will you? If they get one, we have to get one for security reasons and for balancing power in the Middle East. But we don't want to see that. So he was talking about Iran. Uh, so what's your reaction to that? This is why we got to win in Ukraine. So Ukraine had the third largest nuclear arsenal in the world in 1991. And we got them to give it up in exchange for an agreement called the Bucharest Memorandum, which was an agreement between Russia, the United States, Ukraine, and Britain that we would that Russia would respect Ukraine's territorial integrity and we would help them if their territorial integrity was threatened. And they gave up their weapons in exchange for that, and now Russia has invaded. And so if we do not help them Put the push back that invasion. The lesson to every country around the world is, is, and every state is, get nuclear weapons. Don't give them up under any circumstances. Nuclear proliferation is dead. So you know, China says, okay, I can use my nuclear weapons uh, the way Putin is as a deterrent to help. Uh, to to yep. the Americans won't defend Taiwan. North Korea will say, okay, I can invade to, to South Korea. And Iran is going to say, I better break out as a nuclear power. Saudi Arabia is going to get nuclear weapons. All the Gulf states are going to nuclear weapons. And then we're going to have a Sunni-Shia nuclear arms race in the Middle East. How do you <laughs> like that? Uh, and tell Josh Hawley that. About here. Senator yeah, Josh Hawley, tell, tell him that. Iran. Tell Byron Donalds that. I like both those guys, but they say get out of uh, Ukraine. It's crazy. Yeah, you, you know, if you can't get these basic things right, you don't belong in public uh, public office. Mark Thiessen, thanks so much. That's why your columns are so great and your opinion is so important. Mark Thiessen, thank you. Hey, thank you, my friend. Take well, care. You got it. one 408 7669 You don't have to agree with Mark, and that's great. But, man, the guy puts his research in. His opinions are strong, but they are from experience uh, and then for using his sources. So it's okay to call up and say I disagree with Mark or me, by the way. one 408 7669 Later on. Uh, the former vice president of the United States in studio, Mike Pence and Jimmy Fallon. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I've heard young leaders talk with me about a, a term they've coined called climate anxiety. Right, which is 
fear of, of, of the future and the unknown, of whether it makes sense for you to even think about having children, whether it makes sense for you to think about aspiring to buy a home, because yep. what will this climate be? Right, exactly. And that's why I brought in someone suffering from climate anxiety now, <laughs> uh, little Jimmy Fallon. Uh, yeah. Real beat up about what, it. What are you not doing now because of the oceans and because of combustion engines? Well, you know what those people with climate anxiety aren't doing? Uh, sleeping with other people. Ah, they uh, don't have to worry about having kids. Right. I'm like, that's not an option yeah. for you. You know, well, walking around hang dog. Saying <laughs> that the world's going to end. Excuse me. I love how they say it like it's their choice. Okay, it's not their choice. They don't have this option anyway to have kids. Nobody wants to hook up with these people because they're annoying. Okay, uh, I'm fascinated by the climate grift. Like I am, because again, what is the ultimate end game here? That if you do what we say, we will change the weather. Yes. Like, imagine when you were a kid. We always had this. There was a guy in First Avenue saying he could control the hurricane, and they'd put him in a home. Now right. they put him in the White House. Right. Now they put him in front of a podium at the U.N. They're like, no, no, say it. It'll be great. You know what they've done in China? Every time an American says that, they have a national laugh track. Uh, and they will just they just could be like, yeah, I'm working on it. We're working away on it. If, if, Every week they have a new co- co- what coal I, what plant. I was, what I was told is it's, it's a climate swear jar. If you say climate change, you have to put a quarter ah. in it, and they use it towards the next coal plant. Right. <laughs> it, it's true. quarters in the swear jar. All right, so what I did is I went a little long with Mark Thiessen. You never would have done that when you do your show, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I, I never really even properly introduced But I'm here, you. and the world's better for it. All right now. Now, I have Mike Pence in 15 minutes, uh-huh. but you're next. Okay, I'm his opener. So this was extra. Yeah, it's in his contract. Like you, there you have, I'm not paying you for this. <laughs> the next segment, I'm paying everything for it. And then we find out where you're going to be on stage. I love this. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. One of the reasons we've seen manufacturing jobs grow so much in this administration compared to the manufacturing recession under the last administration is that we're investing in American manufacturing. You're investing with our money in things that we don't want. I need to point out that wealthy people were specifically excluded from the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, I just gave you the number. Do you dispute that two-thirds of EV owners are owned by people over 100,000 that make over 100,000? Did you dispute that? Yeah, the first EVs, of course, were. Do you dispute that? Uh, I no, mean, but that number's it, going down. Those are the facts. It doesn't matter if they're going down now. My, why were you the folks that I represent can't afford them today, sir. Why were you against cutting their costs? All these factors. I'm not against cutting their costs. The market should do it. But you want the, the government, you want my taxpayers to pay to cut the cost, which isn't cutting the if cost. You were of the subsidizing view, the cost. Uh, that is Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He can't go away quick enough. Mm-hmm. And Congressman Scott Perry. Um, we have... Uh, EV expert Jimmy Fallon here today, <laughs> getting set to host Fox Cross Country. Uh, dressed down, did not dress up for the show. I'm in a bomber jacket today, uh, right now. And, and what's, uh, what's the message? Uh, no, you know what? I'm in a mellow mood, Kilmeade. I dress, you know, fashion is about capturing your energy so you, on a you given day. you get up totally naked, look in your closet, and say to yourself, what am I, Yeah. what mood am I in? Well, today, yes, I'm in a bomber jacket and a T-shirt, which means I'm in the mood to look like a United States senator in the chamber. <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> what I I feel like a senator. You exactly. know, so I feel like a woman, feel like a senator. Whose side are you on, Scott Perry's or Pete Booty Judge? <laughs> well, listen, Pete Booty Judge, man. Uh, none of anything, nothing they say holds up to factual scrutiny, and this goes all the way back to the beginning when gas was, you know, at an all-time high. What was Pete Booty Judge's message? Well, you know, you can save money on gas buying an electric car. 
But the reality of that is, you know, you knew this. If you didn't have the extra $2 a gallon for gas, you didn't have the extra $66,000 for an electric car. So the logic in that was so ridiculous because it's like me saying to you, I'm having a hard time. I keep striking out with the women at my local bar. And you're like, dude, you should just date Cindy Crawford. I'm like, yeah, that's not an option. (laughs) That wasn't on the table here. And and $66,000 isn't on the table if you can't afford gas. But where it doesn't hold up the factual scrutiny is just Scott Perry saying to him, you're not lowering the prices of EVs. My tax dollars are subsidizing the cost. And the only people buying them are rich anyway. So, uh, Jimmy Fallon, I'll bring you a little inside politics. Uh, You were up for the MBS interview. Yeah, that's true. And Brett Baer just bigfooted you and said, excuse me? Which is wrong because as a cab driver, you know how many guys I know from Saudi Arabia? Exactly. Absolutely. I would have probably did better than he would. I, I love the one line. I'll just paraphrase it. There's a story out today. It's like you're saying you're informed. There's a story out today. A guy tweeted something against the regime and he's going to be put to death. Yeah. Like, what about this? He goes, yeah, uh, change comes slow. <laughs> He's like, really? the guy in charge. So, and then the follow-up, the follow-up's like, well, is he dead? He goes, let's, let's hope we get a better judge. You know, oh, so he was, he's like, listen, I can't do everything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man. So I just say to myself, okay. You know, it's not easy taking over something that was really yeah. uh, Wahhabi was yeah. the big, uh, the big uh, uh, educational. It's hard to compare ball players from different eras, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as they say. So I want, I, I want to bring you to this. Now, the other thing that keeps you up at night is, mm. you want me to answer? Give it to me. Sports washing. Oh, big time. Right. Mm-hmm. Golf? Mm-hmm. Soccer? Yep. Uh, everything, rugby they're looking for? Listen, if you can bet on it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching. <laughs> so um, uh, MBS uh, was asked about this because, you know, Liv is merging with the PGA and they kind of forced their way in Cup 51. You are spending a ton on sports, a lot of money. Big names that people are very familiar with, big teams, big facilities. What do you say to the people who charge that that's part of sports washing, that you're trying to use all of that to somehow improve or somehow affect your image in the well, world? Well, if sports washing going to increase my GDP by 1%, then I will continue doing sports washing. <laughs> you're okay with that term? I, I, I don't care. I have 1% growth of GDP from sports. And I'm aiming for another one and a half percent. Call it whatever you want. You're going to get that one and a half percent. He is singing your song, Jimmy. I can see you saying the same thing. Call me what you want. Just make sure you buy a ticket. Buy a damn ticket. That's what it is. Listen, if you're going to come see me tape my one-hour special at the Paramount, you can pronounce it any way you like. When is that? It's Friday night, October the 13th Okay, Strong Island. Because you know you got um, you have WABC listeners here, and that's damn right I do. That that signal goes all the way to Saudi Arabia. You damn right it all the way. That's what they say. Yeah, they call it the Live Comedy Tour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, music. We have you and Greg Norman. Greg Norman introduces you. Me and the Shark. He's going to bring me on. Right, Uh, right there in Huntington, Friday night, October thirteenth. I tell you this every time I see you. It's a time machine. Kill me. You're going to 1982. We're going to have jokes. Jokes oh. aren't going to be hate crimes. Everybody's going to be fine. So I go to my I go to a, I don't go to a CVS uh-huh. or a Walgreens. I go to Charlie's Pharmacy. Love it uh, in Wanta, mm-hmm. and you know only prescription drugs. Yep. Uh, and I go in there, and they go, "I'm going to go see my my uh, my Levittown boy." Uh-huh. I'm thinking to myself, he never talks to me like this. Yeah. He's a pharmacist. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? You know, he's like yeah. Brian. I'm going to just say uh, Jimmy Fallon. I'm buying tickets because we're from Levittown. And we got to support each other. Is that something you're from Levittown? How amazing is, there is that? something? Yeah. And that was the only thing he says. I'm buying tickets. I'm like, well, I can get you. And he goes, no, no. 
I'm buying them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got right. a job. And, and I, I mean, love you for offering to give away my tickets. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know him. Now He'll I know why you do. let me do promo on your show. <laughs> it's because you're giving so many freebies out. You're like, I should help him sell Did one Did you or think two. it was going that direction? No, that's amazing. Right, but, no, I, but he's bringing his whole family. Dude, I, yesterday I took Lincoln to GameStop. We're in GameStop buying a new Xbox. The guy behind the clerk is like, are you Jimmy Fallon from Fox? It's so weird. Right. You know, because I've never up until like two years ago been able to say yes if people asked if I was Jimmy Fallon. Because I usually like owed the money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why, who's asking? <laughs> yeah. You know? That's always a good retort. Yeah. Sometimes you turn and run. Right. Uh, so it's a whole new world for me. But that's amazing. Charlie's drugs. They better be there. And if they do go uh, 100%, make sure we'll like we'll get them backstage. We can hang out and give them like the deluxe hello. Can I just say it's not Charlie's drugs? That sounds like an illicit operation. Uh-huh. Charlie's Pharmacy. Yeah, Charlie's Pharmacy. Right. Charlie's Drugs sounds like a place where a guy with my accent would go. Yeah, somewhere from Levittown. Yeah, I got Charlie's Drugs behind <laughs> the Bullet Alley, behind right. Levittown Lanes. Yeah. I don't have a storefront. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jimmy, who's on your radio show today? Today's a hot one. Uh, we're bringing in Charles McPhee, who's the head writer for Charlemagne, because we're going to be talking about Howard Stern going woke. What do you think? Uh, oh, I think it's performative. I think it's a hostage situation. He needs to distance himself from all the things that would have gotten him canceled. But can I, you know, because he's done a lot Why of things he? that were unwoke. I think he's changed. Well, he has. He has absolutely evolved to be the thing he hated. He was a champion of the little guy. He made his fame raging against the machine, fighting with the FCC. Sure. Now he's on the side of Big Pharma, who screwed the little guy out of his job. But do you want to know the in-between on this? It's Trump. Trump's omnipotence in the media really burnt Stern's uh, – he really did burn his buns a little bit because Howard fashioned himself as the king of all media. And when Trump showed up, there was no more omnipotent figure in the media than Donald Trump. And I think the irrelevance that dealt Howard really burnt his buns a little bit. I, 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 I want to build Trump on machine. that and maybe a little bit different take. Uh-huh. I think that he's upset that all his buddies listened to the Trump interviews and Trump came out thoroughly entertaining. Yes. And he's trying to rationalize it. Well, you know, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon got ripped for yeah. just treating like, like him like normal. a segment. I think that Trump feels bad about it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And think about that. Uh, when they said Jimmy Fallon normalized Trump on NBC, they're like, you must have said he normalized him. I'm like, he had a show on your channel for 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> was he some fringe element who was on every Thursday at 8th? Right. I always forget about how that worked. Jimmy, thanks so much for coming in. Yes. And I know it's not easy because no. your, your studio is not even close to here. <laughs> i got to walk at least three feet. Right. But and thanks to the help I get from Charlie's Pharmacy. I'm John, always feeling spry. Not Charlie's Drugs. Not Charlie's They'll Pharmacy. They'll be in the audience. You Treat them like everybody else. <laughs> Uh, all right, where do we go for tickets? Ticketmaster. Uh, Jimmy failed to Paramount Friday night, October 13th. Tickets right at Ticketmaster or ParamountNewYork.com. You better be there. Back in a moment. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Every episode, exclusive interviews on demand. More of Kilmead coming up. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. We shouldn't be spending a dime more on Ukraine. We need an accounting of every dime that has been spent so far. And I'm just tired of of hearing the president say over and over that we've got to invest. This is an investment in the future of every nation. What about our nation? It's not an investment in our future, in our people, in our jobs. That needs to be the priority.
Senator Josh Hawley with Laura Ingram last night with me in studio, the former vice president of the United States, who wants to be the next president of the United States. Hey, Brian. Uh, uh, vice President Mike Pence. I want you to respond to this because this is really dividing the Republican Party. You heard Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Don't want to spend another dime there. I see the importance in our foreign policy. Lindsey Graham sees that. General Jack Keane sees that. Does Mike Pence see that? Look, I, I, I believe that it is in our national interest to continue to give the Ukrainian military what they need to defeat and repel the Russian invasion because I have no doubt that if Russia overruns Ukraine, that they will not long after that cross a border where we have to send our fighting men and women to yeah. defend them under our NATO treaty. So I, I, I get it. I understand the frustration. I think there should be accountability there. But I think the frustration that you're on Capitol Hill is as much uh, a, a – uh, a condemnation of of Joe Biden's failed leadership. Slow walking the, of weapons. The lack of confidence in after that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the people of this country have lost confidence in Joe Biden's ability as commander in chief. And now, w- with regard to Ukraine, he continues to give. I mean, I, I, I give Senator Hawley, you know, points for saying uh, the way Joe Biden has described it is these gauzy speeches about democracy in the world. No. Look, I, I've been to Ukraine. I've, I've, I've heard from people who had family members gunned down in the streets. I've stood in Bucha where there used to be a mass grave where the Russians mercilessly slaughtered over 500 people in a small town. There's a moral reason to be there. But uh, on national uh, our national security, you make you make decisions based upon our national interest. Our national interest is – in 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 containing Russian aggression, yeah. the Ukrainians are willing to do it. They're willing to make the fight. I think we need to continue and, and more earnestly, more effectively to give them what they need. And, and don't you think it relates to Taiwan, Mr. Vice President? But, are, do, are we learning anything? Them. We have not been able to, to get what they paid for to them. Brian, it, it's, it, it, leave it to you to nail it. Look, remember, China has what they call an unlimited partnership with Russia. That's what President Xi says. You know, and I've met President Xi. I've met I've met Putin as well. I, I, I had a chance to size him up man to man. And I'll tell you what, that that partnership is real. Xi is watching everything that's happening in Ukraine and he's looking for America and the West to falter. Uh, and that if that happens, and and Putin overruns Ukraine. I have no doubt in my mind the clock will start ticking on China moving on Taiwan. And uh, the, you achieve peace through strength by being the leader of the free world, by by standing with nations around the world that are defending their own freedom, giving them what they need to make the fight. And so it's not just about Ukraine. Right. It's as much about China. And Vladimir Putin is counting on us uh, withering and losing interest in this. Yeah. I know Germany's already weakened. I talked to the Polish president yesterday, and he thinks the Germans and France are starting to backdoor, getting some, trying to uh, go bypass the sanctions. You need pressure from an American president saying, I know what you're up to. What you need Knock to, it off. Yeah, this what, is your defense. There is a vacuum of leadership in the free world today. And the hard truth is, if America's not leading the free world, the free world's not being led. Right. And and Joe Biden, I mean, he's spending so much time uh, kowtowing to China, sending one you know emissary after another to beg for meetings. Leave aside, I mean, Brian, it's incomprehensible. We worked so hard to bring hostages home during our administration. I was just with Pastor Andrew Brunson a couple of days ago. At a faith and family conference in held Washington. against his will in Iran, we we, we got him we got him out. 
We we brought him home from Turkey, and uh, uh, but to pay six billion dollars uh, to the Iranian mullahs as essentially a ransom payment to me is just unconscionable, and and it and it I think it undermines the safety of Americans traveling all over the world, and and frankly, if I'm president of the United States, we'll we'll never pay ransom for American hostages ever. And if you want to be president, you got to do well in Iowa and yep. then New Hampshire. Yeah. One thing we've been told, we've only been there a couple of times, but you, you basically are living there now. The evangelical vote matters a lot. It will decide who wins. It always has. Here's uh, President Trump, who you work with side by side to help overturn Roe v. Wade, commenting on Sunday with Kristen Welker on what he would do as president when it comes to abortion. Sign it at 15 Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. But we'll come up with a number. But at the same time, Democrats won't be able to go out in six months, seven months, eight months and allow an abortion. Your thought in the president's stance? Well, you know me, Brian. I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. I've been a champion of the right to life from my days in Congress, my days as a governor, and couldn't be more proud that our administration appointed three of the justices that overturned Roe versus Wade. But I, I have to tell you that, you know, the president and I have had our differences. Two and a half years ago, we had a clash. But since then, I, I see the president walking away from a commitment to the right to life. I see him walking away from fiscal responsibility. I see him walking away from American leadership in the world. But what you hear there is, is to have the former president say that that a heartbeat bill in Florida, or for that matter, the same bill that, that was passed in, in Georgia and Ohio uh, and Iowa was a, quote, terrible mistake. I, I think it it, uh, it it just suggests to you that he is backing away from that cause. Uh, and, uh, and, and you I know want, what he would say? He sees 2022 and he saw the only reason you guys didn't have a red wave I know he said is that. because – do you don't believe that? No, I don't believe that. I, I, I was out there. I traveled – Good heavens, I traveled to 35 states in the 22 election cycle. Our candidates that were focused on the future did very well. Our candidates that were focused on the past, particularly the last election, did not fare very well. And I know the former president. He, he that was a bigger bl- deal than Roe v. Wade. He blamed election losses on overturning Roe v. Wade. Look, I, I think the right to life has been the animating core of the conservative movement for the last 50 years. And now more than ever. Republican voters, independents, and conservative Democrats want to know we're going to have a president in the White House who will be a champion. If I'm president of the United States, I'm going to fight for as strong a protections as we can in every state house in the country. Right. But a minimum but let national the states standard. make the decision? Well, no? well, absolutely. The states take the lead, but a minimum national standard of 15 weeks that says that once a child is able to experience pain right. in the womb – that we will not allow states like California, Illinois, or here in New York to We're engage like in Graham these late term right? abortion. It, it's to me, it's a minimum standard. I want to go farther than that. I support legislation that goes farther mm-hmm. than that. But uh, for the president to not be willing to express support for that, and frankly, uh, to right. criticize a six-week pro-life bill, it it it's. Uh, 
I promise you, if I'm president of the United States, people will have a leader for life in the Oval Office. Vice President, Mr. Vice President, people want to support your cause. Where do they go? MikePence2024.com. we got people going there every day. You can read about our policies and also find a way to help us. MikePence2024.com. Prediction for the debate? Get ready to rumble. <laughs> you want to be challenged. That's a, now I'm finding the best thing you could be is to be challenged. Yeah, let's go. 1-800-VIVEK. <laughs> let's go. That's right, President. Thanks so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the channel. You're up. You're going to be on soon, right? Um, we with, are. With uh, Harris. We are. All right. We've got to let the vice president go. You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, BrianKilmeadeShow.com. You can get us on the stream and on Fox News. News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? I don't, re- I don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. And that is Merrick Garland, and it was a carnival yesterday. Now, look, I was doing the show. Welcome back, everyone. Brian Kilmeade from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan. I bring you what just happened in Washington, D.C. Because, you know, I'm trying to watch the show, and I see the yelling going back and forth, and I see how incensed Merrick Garland is and how angry and frustrated Jim Jordan and everybody else was, and how embarrassing Democrats were for not even having an ounce of curiosity about this process. And I'm saying to myself, is this guy just looking to survive? And then to bring up the Holocaust, I mean, this exchange is just ridiculous with Congressman from New Jersey, Jeff Van Drew. Jeff Van Drew says, listen, you had the FBI uh, infiltrating into Catholic churches to see if you could see extreme Catholics and see this behavior. And he's like, why would you ever, how could you ever accuse me of that because my grandparents were from the Holocaust? One thing has nothing to do with the other. And they were playing that on other channels as if Merrick Garland, you went a little bit too far. And no one's buying it. It's very similar to, in my view, Joe Biden coming out every time something happens uh, tragic in this world, in this country, or to somebody else, he brings up his situation. So here's a little more of uh, Rep. Merrick Garland, and here he is dealing with Cliff Bentz. Cliff Bentz comes out, the congressman, and he said, let's just talk about this investigation. And he talked about David Weiss, who is the, uh, the, the guy who Trump appointed but knew nothing about, which is typical. They asked Delaware, who do you want in there as, as DA? Cut eight. Uh, this is the same Weiss who headed an investigation that was trashed by whistleblowers who allege that his investigation had been fixed from the outset. It's the same Weiss who ran an investigation in which agents were allegedly prevented from asking about Joe Biden, obstructed in their efforts to pursue questions, compromised by tip-offs to the Biden team on planned searches. There's a list of what I would suggest under 
many people's uh, definition would be incompetence. Are you saying that that's inadequate for you to have questioned uh, what I'm he was say, doing? I'm saying that all of these are allegations. I don't know what the facts of them are. I have, as I've explained, stayed out of this investigation. So every time it's brought up, you just say, ongoing investigation, not involved in the investigation. You should get David Weiss here. Thank goodness for James Comer, Jim Jordan, both their conferences and committees and their investigation powers and willingness to do so. And thank goodness for Gary Shapley and the other whistleblowers who have come forward and said, let me tell you why there's been no charges on Hunter Biden. And the deal coming down the pike is basically so unacceptable and shows great favoritism because behind the scenes, David Weiss did not have that power. And when Merrick Garland came forward, he did not admit it. He said, no, he had every bit of discretion. Here's the key. When asked, using his best lawyer language, when asked, why is it that the whistleblowers came forward and said David Weiss could not and did not bring the case to Los Angeles or Washington, D.C., where most of the transgressions and allegations regarding Hunter Biden took place? They, were, they say they were reject. Weiss told them both, uh, both prosecutors would not accept the cases. He says, well, he had freedom to do whatever he wants. But he didn't. He goes, they could they could refuse to partner with him. That's refusing to move the case where he wants because you didn't make him a special prosecutor, which eventually you did. Listen to Troy Nails. He feels what we feel, the frustration. Remember, he's a former uh, sheriff. Cut nine. If you don't fire Shokin, the United States isn't given the one billion dollar loan. Why would Joe Biden say that as the vice president? Why would he say such a thing? Was it policy? Was it our policy at the time? Yes or no? It wasn't. I have documents here. Interagency policy committee dated October Wait, information. 15, is the gentleman ever going to let the I'm on my time. Pipe down. If that is not quid pro quo, sir, what is? It's bribery and it's impeachable. Are you going to do something about it? I bet you not. And that's why you, sir, also need to be impeached. So I, I, you know, it happened here on on One Nation Saturday, and we played the whole thing here. My interview with Victor Shokin that he's referring to, and he was the prosecutor that Biden fired as vice president. He told the president at the time, Pashenko, uh, fire this guy, you don't get your billion dollars. This weekend, I'm going to talk to Pashenko, and you're going to see the interview, and I'm going to ask him flat out. Is it true that you asked Shokin to come out of retirement to help you out, number one? And number two, is it also true that he was not corrupt that President Biden told him to fire you. My feeling is he's going to be diplomatic because he does not want to lose funding for the Ukraine war. And if he goes and destroys Biden, that's not going to help his cause. Although Biden's stuck, too. He's got to do the right thing, and that is defend him in this war. And finally, uh, defend this war and fight this war. I believe the war is worth every, every dollar. Russia is one of our premier enemies. They've teamed with China, our number one enemy. And rival, if they are successful, Taiwan goes down within 18 months. And they're watching all the tactics and they're seeing what it's like to think you have a great army and find out you don't. He has not been in a war, President Xi, 1979, some skirmishes with Vietnam. And by the way, Vietnam basically kicked their ass. So how much better did you get with your shiny new equipment? How good are your drills as compared to real live action? Finally, I just want to hear what, to let you know what Jim Jordan uh, how he summarized everything last night on Fox. Cut 13. Never forget on July 10th, David Weiss tells Senator Graham, I have not sought special counsel authority. Then on August 11th, the attorney general, uh, general announces that David Weiss will be a special counsel. What happened in those 32 days? What took place? 
the whistleblowers came forward with their testimony and the plea deal that they were trying to sweep everything under the rug. The plea deal is declined by a judge who did her job. And that's why we got a special counsel. They were going to get away with all this, but for those two brave whistleblowers and that judge in Delaware who did her job. Pretty impressive. Uh, that's exactly true. And it's frustrating when the people are in front of you and they don't answer the question. The next person will be David Weiss might be equally as frustrating, although he's going to say it's an ongoing investigation constantly, which leaves him in a bit of a lurch. But now we'll see if you can get Hunter Biden in, if you can get Jim Biden in, if you could get Eric Sherwin, who handled all the money in. This thing will start moving forward. And evidently, there's some more whistleblowers that have come out and spoken out about what went on behind the scenes there. I want to also get to 2020. I do not want to take uh, too much time away from Joe DeVito was standing by. But in 2020, the new polls came out and talked about what has changed for Republicans and not much. But there is one candidate on the rise, and it's Nikki Haley. The Fox Business debate is a few days away. It's going to be out at the Reagan Library. Donald Trump will not be there. Nobody expects him to. So far in South Carolina, where you have a senator, Tim Scott, very popular, a former governor, very popular, Nikki Haley. It is still old Trump at 46 percent. The same percentage he had in July. Nikki Haley's gone up four points at 18. Santa's lost three. Tim Scott's at 10, but he'll do better than that. Uh, Vivek's at five, and Tim Scott will be on later this hour. Uh, Mike Pence and Chris Christie on the uh, this big question. And this is what the rest of the field is hanging out for, in my view. Key, key, key reason is because they wonder if the Donald Trump cases will weigh on him so much and keep him so far from the from the campaign that he'll begin to drop. So here's the question that they put to voters. Trump's legal issues and 2024 election results in South Carolina. Question, will it help his chances? 23% said yes. 34% say no. 41% say no difference. Question. Republican primary nominee without without Trump, if he decides I don't want to do this or there's too many trials going on and let's say he loses one and they try to detain him. Nikki Haley wins by five, 27-22. This is one of the last three polls. She beats Joe Biden over DeSantis and then Tim Scott is third and you got fourth at Vivek Ramaswamy. Mike Pence is hanging in there tight in Iowa. And this is key. If you can win Iowa and show that Donald Trump is vulnerable and not impervious to pressure, what changes for New Hampshire? Usually a lot. So here it is in Iowa. Are you extremely likely? Uh, The Fox Business question is, the percentage saying the GOP candidate who's extremely likely to defeat Biden. Overwhelmingly, it's Trump, 45. Who else do they think to defeat Biden? DeSantis with 18. Nikki Haley with 17. That thing is tightening up. Without a race, you see the Nikki Haley wins. Now, the other question. The percentage saying the GOP candidate is extremely or very likely to defeat Biden. 72% is Trump. Ron DeSantis, 57%. Nikki Haley, 56%. And that's different. And lastly, among the Iowa caucus goers, your preference. Trump was at 46, remains at 46. Then DeSantis lose 1 at 15. Nikki Haley's gone up from 5 to 11. So if you're looking at a trend of somebody who might be capable, possible, and legitimate contender, which means look out, Governor Haley, the the Donald Trump push is going to come your direction uh, because if he thinks you're a legitimate contender, uh, then he's going to go after you. So far, he has not done much. 
Here's what President Trump was saying yesterday. He found his, his, his soft spot. He found the soft spot in the Biden uh, union label, and that is the auto workers. The auto workers are complaining about green technology and electric cars. That's Joe Biden. He can't run from that. That's why Donald Trump next week will be in Michigan. Cut 22 in Duquesne, Iowa. This was his message to auto workers. I don't want to insult any groups because we get a lot of them, too. Like unions, they come in. They're coming in for us big. The auto workers, they want to destroy. They want to destroy the auto workers in this country. They want to have cars made all electric. They're all going to be made within three years. They're all going to be made in China. The auto workers, it doesn't matter what they get. It doesn't matter what they get because they're not going to have a job in three years. We already saw some layoffs because of the strike, which is crazy. Uh, it's heating up, and Trump will be there. And guess who else will be there? Cornell West, but not Joe Biden. Just like he never showed up in Ohio for some reason, he doesn't show up here. Now he's showing up in Ohio saying, after that train spill, I'm going to get you the money you need. Too late. Brian Kilmeade Show, back with Joe DeVito, and then the senator from South Carolina in studio, Tim Scott. So glad you're here. It's Brian Kilmeade. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. My doctor was a conservative. He got crankier and crankier the older he got. I hated this side of him that I only learned over time. He said, you need to start taking statins right now. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't have heart disease in my family. He goes, just take them. And I had a heart attack. And I think the first doctor was right. Mm -hmm. The cranky conservative Jack was right because he was a God good doctor. Mm -hmm. His political point of view doesn't have anything to do with his ability to judge your health and your health choices and needs. So Bob Odenkirk, this is a long way to go. I uh, talked about, I mean, pl- politics everywhere. I mean, it's everything you do well, as conservative. I, I don't want that waiter. I don't want to go into that restaurant. With that comedy, uh, the guy's funny, but, you know, he's a liberal. Uh, it's crazy. It's in every walk of life. I don't have to tell that Joe DeVito, comedian and staff writer for Gutfeld, he calls himself the linchpin, the vital, uh, the link uh, for Gutfeld's success and maybe the cause. Actually, I've never said that, but I could tell. I've implied know. it. Right. Yes, you never implicit. actually wrote it down because it could be no. traced back to you. No. Craig would cut my hand off if I wrote that down. So why do you think I played that? Cut to him. In. Well, I, th- I think – you know, kudos to Bob Odenkirk for admitting that he screwed up because he let his ideology get in the way and it almost cost him his life. He almost died. He almost died because you you, you want a crusty old cranky conservative doctor because you, what you want an experimental freewheeling by the seat of his pants kind of doctor? Not me. Right. That's a good point. Uh, by the way, Joe DeVito, just in case we get caught up in, in this uh, rhetoric. Uh, in politics, we'll be in Rochester, New York, at the Comedy Club. No, I already, the- already did that one. Uh, Chicopee. So I'm glad that's done. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for done. reminding me. It was a good. Right. Time. Uh, if we have tape of that, could you leave that <laughs> with me? Uh, and the loft at Chicopee, Massachusetts, the 29th and 30th. So yes. you think they're going to ask you back for the 30th? Is this just a hunch, or you're just, already you know, I'm keeping my bag packed in the car. Keep, uh, the, keep the engine running. Are you surprised since you took this job when? A year ago? Two years? Two, two and a half years ago. Two and a half yeah. years ago. Are you surprised how there's politics in real life and you, on stage and everything like that? Are you? I mean, this is another example of it. Yeah, there's no escape from it. And you can see how, again, it almost cost him his life because he, he, uh, he had someone who had the credibility, who had the expertise. And because he didn't like his politics, he decided to ignore him and he almost died. And it shows that – Expertise and being competent at something, 
it has nothing to do with what political side right. you're on. It, it's above that, and, it, and that's the way it should be. Politics shouldn't be affecting every decision you make in your life because then you just become someone who's an ideologue. Right, and people are so into politics now. It used to be, what do you do? Yeah, who's running for president? Who do you run against? Everybody knows everything about everything because yeah. you get involved with this almost like you're betting on it, living for it. It becomes almost too big. Not that I met, not, that's the reason why people listen and watch us. But I also want to bring you to a guy that is also making news because he is not on board. Uh, he is on board with the political correctness. And I never thought I'd say that. Howard Stern. I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine, dude, call me woke as you want. I'm not for stupidity. I am woke and I love it. I don't even know what his definition is ridiculous. Nothing to do with Trump. Yeah, it's it's just to well, it goes to show that people like to list their beliefs to see what tribe you're in, what side you're on. And to, to use that as your definition of woke, that he, it, he's against stupidity. This is the guy who used to, on his show, have people throw cold cuts at strippers' butts. Right. And that actually was a bigger contribution to the culture than what he's doing now. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, he wrote a script called Fart Man. Yeah. Right. I thought that was kind it of... It was fun. He's, he had too much time hanging out with his, his big shot, snotty celebrity friends. It's ruined him. Do you think that in some way, I was talking to Jimmy Fallon about this, it bothers him that him and Trump were friends and he feels he has to justify it? Because they, yeah. were, they were tight. They used to go to games together. He's probably more ashamed of that than all the times he was in blackface telling jokes. That's because in his in-group, you can, you can have that part of your history erased, just like Jimmy Kimmel did, just like Sarah Silverman did. And blackface is a pretty awful thing to do. But th- that they'll let you slide on. But that you ever had a civil conversation with Donald Trump, that he was a, a friend, they won't allow that. You know what's so interesting is that Sean Hannity, when Jimmy Kimmel started going after him – he said, okay, I got some man show tapes and show how inappropriate some of the stuff he is now. Sure. And the blackface and going against, you know, pretending to be uh, different players in the NBA wearing blackface, started rolling it, and the next thing you know, the whole thing stopped. Yeah. And he took the summer off. Yeah, because his Carmelone impression was based on, put me in blackface and I'm going to act stupid because Carmelone is stupid. That was, that was the level of the joke he was making. And, yeah, I guess you can say people – Sometimes jokes you look back and you kind of cringe and all sure. that. But you got to extend that grace to other people. Absolutely. And if he wasn't pointing the fingers at everybody else, they wouldn't be going through the archives yep. and looking for the VHS tapes. More with uh, Joe DeVito. Remember, he's going to be at the loft at Chickabee, Massachusetts. If you didn't see him in Rochester, you missed out. <laughs> it's Chickabee, Massachusetts. Don't keep looking back, Joe. You got to look forward. Don't How stop dare thinking you. about tomorrow. <laughs> From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. He grabs a stack of letters, he hands them to me, I rip it open, I flip it over, and all this white powder falls into the stroller. And it falls on my daughter's shoulder. Her neck, her cheeks. We rush down to NYU. But this time we go through the emergency room. 
And the moment they see the baby, they just rip the clothes off her and they take her away. So that is Hassan Minaj. Um, and he is somebody who's an established comedian, Indian. Uh, is he Indian or Pakistani? I'm not sure. Uh, and he described how basically he's got all these terror threats and someone sent uh, white powder in the mail and how serious it is. I'm not sure how that works into comedy, but it makes him seem uh, sympathetic. And he talks about life in America that evidently we hate all minorities and it plays into that stereotype. Joe DeVito is here with me right now. He's the same Joe DeVito that was in Rochester a week ago. And it was at it's going to be in Chicopee, Massachusetts, September 29th at the loft. And the thing about Hassan is that story, dramatic end. Yeah, it, the and problem it's is not true. It's a lie. It's a lie. And it's it's not enough to say, oh, comedians get to embellish. That was a lie because he presented it as if it was true. It's a big difference between that and, and trying to score political points and, and trying to uh, sort of milk the drama of it. It's not like when Henny Youngman said, take my wife, please. He wasn't referring to an incident of wife kidnapping. You, know? <laughs> you, you knew that was a joke. So to go up and do that, it's dishonest. And I, I, I really, as a comedian, it offends me because he's milking that sentiment to advance his career. He knows what he's doing and he knows that he's being dishonest. So I want you to hear what Whoopi Goldberg said. Cut, uh, cut 56, Joe. We yeah. tell stories and then we embellish them if you're going to hold a comic to the point where you're going to check up on their stories you have to understand a lot of it is not the exact thing that happened because why would we tell exactly what happened it ain't that interesting <laughs> and that's our job a scene of truth Let sometimes you, truth and sometimes total bs yeah well i would agree with whippy goldberg telling exactly what happened wouldn't be interesting because it's coming from whippy goldberg right and she has she hasn't been funny since gas was at ninety cents a gallon yeah she, she was fun wasn't she funny and was it uh uh, she was okay in Ghost. Moore. Yeah, Ghost. Yeah. That was funny. Was yeah. that well, a that's, that's a long time ago. Oh. That's a very long time ago. And you actually have to be working on uh, a pottery with a ghost to enjoy it. That's, oh, okay. that's how long that goes back. Yeah, it's that's again, uh, she is wrong. She's incorrect because there's a big difference between a joke that is a constructed joke or an exaggeration and to present something as if it were a real event. And that's what he was doing. It's it's wrong. It's wrong to do that. That is lying, and you're stepping outside of the realms of creative license when you do that. Joe DeVito's here. Joe writes for Gutfeld and carries. What did you say? Carries Gutfeld on my back. Yes, right. every night. Uh, and then sometimes you're on the panel too. Every other week we see you on the panel. You were on yeah. last night. Yeah. Interesting decision to tackle the Russell Brand story. Multiple mm. women allegations of of assault and yeah. other things, and it's as ugly as it gets. Already YouTube drops them. Really? On allegations? Yeah. His agent drops him on allegations, and he tried to get out ahead of it. So you guys, instead of ducking it, since Greg's friends with him, how did you how did you write that? How did you guys write that up and work on it? It, it was tricky, you know, and I, I, I think for me the story is I can't talk. I don't want to fall into that trap of saying someone's guilty or innocent because I don't know yet. We don't know yet. But what I will say is if it's as presented, it's horrible. And there needs to be consequences for that. Uh, the other part of the story is the way this is coming out at this particular moment that now he has sort of switched political sides. And what was really scary to me was the government in the UK sending that letter to Rumble saying you'd better demonetize him because he's been accused of things. So to saying to someone, we're going to deny you income because Crazy. of an accusation, that's really scary. That's another reason not to live in the UK. 
Yeah, because right. we take it for granted. That's, just, that's why we had that war with England many, many years ago, even right. before when Whoopi Goldberg was funny. And, because and, we, we want what's in our Bill of Rights, and they don't have that. Right, and, and that's the thing is it happens so often. I also know Elon Musk comes out, mm-hmm. and he says, you know what, Twitter, Twitter files, I see what you guys were up to in, in, in 2020. Uh, and you, there was a lot of insidious things happening, and conservatives were targeted. Yeah. Now there's a federal investigation into Elon Musk and his federal subsidies. Did you know that? Yeah. Now they want to find out about SpaceX yeah. and his electric cars and, and his tunnel company and whatever it is. How, that, that's got to concern any American. It's it, – because there's a reason why free speech is in the First Amendment, because if you can't speak openly and honestly about things, all the rest of the stuff falls apart. And that's pretty well, – if we want to talk about free speech and, and Twitter before he took over, why aren't we arresting the people who decided to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story? It was a true story coming from the New York Post, a newspaper that's been around for a long, long time. And what they did was they removed their account. They shut them down. And we now know that that was, that was false. That was a deliberate decision based on advancing uh, an agenda that said we've got to get rid of anything that's harmful to Joe Biden. And one of the biggest stories that no one seems to care about, including on the right, is that Mike Morrell was told to round up as many intel experts as you can to mm-hmm. come forward before a debate to say that that laptop looks like classic Russian disinformation. They sacrificed their reputations on a phone call from Mike Morrell and one asked under oath, he said, because I wanted Joe Biden to have something to talk about. I wanted Joe Biden yeah. to win. I mean, if that doesn't make you lose faith... In institutions, I don't know what does. How is that not election interference? <laughs> yeah, and where's know. the people being held accountable for it? Nothing. Nothing. It was a series of questions that were brought up. Why? Because Joe Biden's president, they won. The question is, can he win again if the, living, the, the playing field is flat? And this is what Donald Trump should have emphasized. You know what? Yeah. Weird things going on with ballots. I don't know what the hell was going on in Pennsylvania. I don't know what was going on in Wisconsin. It really bothers me the way all of a sudden these ballots came in, but... Uh, I'm going to see you again. There's going to be a rematch. Yeah. But what bothers me is the shadow banning on social media and the pressure from the FBI and um, the other things, the misinformation that came out against him, the the Zuckerbucks that poured into key yeah. districts around the country. Wow. Wait a second. How, how is that not election interference? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. So we just poured it in there. So that would have been the tact. There wouldn't have been. I have Tim Scott coming up next. Yeah. I, and not that I'm, you're, he's more important than you. He's nicer. He's nicer. Uh, but you don't need to say that. OK, we are alive. So it's too late. I can't take it back. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if he'd be running. I don't know if Nikki Haley. Be running. I don't know if there'll be anybody else yeah. in the field. Do you have a final thought on this? Yeah, it's um, uh, it goes to show like the most important thing is truth. And we always should be trying to arrive at truth, whether it's in, in politics, whether it's in performing as a comedian, whether it's in our everyday lives. There's there's nothing more important than truth. And anything that moves us away from right. that needs to be confronted. You can exaggerate to make things funnier. Yes. But you can't do things that divide the country like alleged racism yes. in a country that's already pretty divided. It's a lie. Joe DeVito always tells the truth unless he's not. He will could be seen at the loft in Chicopee, Massachusetts, or wherever you get to Joe DeVito. At Joe DeVito Comedy on the social media. Tim Scott is next. Not better than you, but he's just different. Than Stop you. you're just making it worse. Senator Tim Scott. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first on the Brian Kilmeade Show. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Sign it at 15. Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people people are 
starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I would I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. But we'll come up with a number. But at the same time, Democrats won't be able to go out in six months, seven months, eight months and allow an abortion. Uh, that is the president of the United, former president of the United States talking to Kristen Welker yesterday, excuse me, on Sunday on her first episode of Meet the Press. And she got, get this, she got blowback for interviewing Donald Trump, which is insanity. Senator Tim Scott joins us now. He's in studio doing a million things. Senator, great to see you off the trail and, and in our studio again. Thank you, Brian. This is the trail. You you are the man, the myth, and the legend. So the good news is I have an opportunity to look you in your eyes I if know. we have a conversation about the most important issues facing our country. This we, is a lot of fun. I'm sure you heard or watched uh, the former president, yes. a friend of yours, Absolutely. Uh, talk about abortion. You separate from him on this. I do. I mean, I think, uh, I think he's wrong on the issue as it relates to not having a 15-week limit to stop states like California and New York and Illinois from having abortion on demand up until the day of birth. But he's not alone. Ron has the same position. Nikki has the same position. And Vivek have the same position as letting the states decide on when they stop abortions. And so far, there are states that suggest that abortion should happen up until the day of birth. More importantly, think about the state of California. California is taking away parental rights for parents who don't agree with the gender decisions of their children. They've just passed that legislation. Giving them the power to decide life, to me, is just dead wrong. Um, so what I think Mike Pence has just talked about is I want states to decide. I want everyone to be pro-life, but I know that's not that way. But have a minimum 15-week. Can we all agree on that? And he wants that to be the federal legislation. Well, that's, that's what I've, uh, I'm, I'm sponsoring in, in a week. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that Mike has joined us. He's a, a good man fighting for a very similar uh, position on a, similar, on, on a really important issue. Uh, I think we should celebrate those of us who want to create a culture of life from sea to shining sea within this country. That requires leadership. We have to fight for that every single day of my presidency. I'll be fighting to preserve life and to stop crazy states from doing immoral things. Do you believe that you guys did not have the red wave in 2022 because of the messaging or the communication on Roe v. Wade? I I don't. I think that it was a factor, but it was not the primary factor. One of the things that we saw was, uh, frankly, the former president, this time Obama, getting on the campaign trail and suggesting that Republicans were jeopardizing the democracy. Nothing has been further from the truth all of my life, other than the Republican Party, the great opportunity party, standing in the fire for the principles that undergird human prospering. So to have the radical left teaching, selling, and lying to the American people about the democracy being in jeopardy, I think that that entire wave of advertising had impact on the election as much as any one specific issue. Do you believe that you would, if Donald Trump had lost the election— uh, in 2020 and just said, you know, I don't like what happened, but I'm going to go home. You'll see me again in four years, as opposed to the protests in the January 6th and the cases that arrived over there with the documents. If all if he had just gone away and then came back around now to run again, would you even be running? 
It may be a different world. Uh, all I can tell you is that where we are today is that we need to have a presidential candidate who becomes our nominee, who has an optimistic, positive message anchored in conservatism that can actually unite not only the Republican Party but bring independence into our party. I believe I'm the candidate that gets that done quick, fast, and in a hurry, so to speak. Without that, I do believe that we jeopardize our national value system that is anchored in a Judeo-Christian ethos. What do you, how do you feel about the UAW strike that's taking place right now? It looks like they're beginning to lay workers off, yeah. uh, and oh, they want a, something up to between a 30 and 40% raise while working 32 hours. Unbelievable. Here's what I've said several times, and one of the things that you just said is important because, once again, states like California want to pay the people who go on strike unemployment benefits. On top of that, the first bill passed in Congress under Joe Biden, a $1.9 trillion COVID, air quotes, package lacking COVID vaccines and less than 10% for COVID-related health. It had $86 billion to shore up the retirement pension plans for union workers because they keep over-promising and under-delivering and putting taxpayers on the hook to shore up these pension plans because unions want more benefits but right. fewer hours. They want more pay for fewer days. You can't ask for a 30% raise in the current culture, and frankly, in any environment, that should be just wrong. You tackle that tap on top of that. Right. 16% inflation of this president. Tackle on top of that this push towards EVs that makes SUVs and trucks less attractive in the market because they're spending so much time, money, and tax credits actually eroding the foundation of the big three automakers who are selling SUVs and trucks. It is the wrong direction for the very union workers in in, in Detroit. President Biden is pulled the rug from underneath them. Senator uh, Tim Scott, our guest. Senator, I want you to hear Josh Hawley last night echo a lot of Republicans. They do not want to. I don't believe that. I think we have to do what we can to to give Ukraine what they need to be successful, but not like the Biden administration is doing it, do it in a timely fashion. And this is what Josh Hawley said last night. We shouldn't be spending a dime more on Ukraine. We need an accounting of every dime that has been spent so far. And I'm just tired of, of hearing the president say over and over that we've got to invest. This is an investment in the future of every nation. What about our nation? It's not an investment in our future, in our people, in our jobs. That needs to be the priority. So that echoes Byron Donalds. That echoes Donald Trump. What about Tim Scott? I do think we can chew gum and walk at the same time. Part of the frustration that you hear from the senator and for other members of Congress, and frankly from the American people, is that the greatest national security risk that we have today is an open, unsecure, unsafe southern border. Not putting the resources on the southern border exacerbates the conversation in ways around national security that we haven't seen in a very long time. And President Biden has refused to state what is America's national vital interest in Ukraine. Ever. He never has done it. So spending $100 billion without understanding why is really an important part of the equation. Doing so without accountability for every dollar sent over is, in my opinion, a dereliction of duty. So I actually agree we need to have the highest level of accountability for every penny we send overseas anywhere. And number two, 
close our southern border, spend the $10 billion in a nation that spends $7 trillion, spend the $10 billion to right. finish the wall. President Biden has done exactly the opposite, though. He is selling off the construction material that would finish the wall. We do need to degrade the Russian military, right. but we can secure the border of our own nation. We can do both. The urban environment is getting two, two, uh, two shots to the solar plexus, one with illegal immigrants overrunning their cities and the other one with crime and zero cash bail. Do you believe it can result in more African-American votes? And what have you done to get those votes? Well, within my first seven days of uh, announcing my run for president, I had a a town hall in an African-American church. We had an opportunity to talk about why the Great Opportunity Party has done more good for the African-American community than the Democrats have in the last several years. You think about the fact that it was the GOP when we were in the majority. I helped write the legislation to bring more funding to historically black colleges and universities than any other administration in the history of the country. Yes, Tim Scott and the former President Trump worked together to provide more resources and permanent funding in a way that even President Barack Obama did not. We brought unemployment rates. I wrote the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, one of the three primary authors, and President Trump signed it and celebrated it and worked really hard to get it done. That combination brought unemployment Mm -hmm. for African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, a 70-year low for for, for women, 50-year low for the majority population. You go to Atlanta, Chicago, uh, uptown New York City to go get the African-American vote that traditionally ignores you? Absolutely. Well, the good news is one out of three African-American men are probably going to vote for me when I'm the nominee. And so I already have the ability to do it. I've been doing it in South Carolina. I I have five times the votes that any other Republicans in my state. Senator Tim Scott, he will not be at work. Great message. Thanks, Senator. God bless you. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.